everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bum. Busy Living So Bum. Busy Living So Bum. It's episode 194. Wow. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. So here we are, episode 194 in August of 2020. And wow. Last week was a big week. I had my anniversary, which was on Friday. Congratulations. Thank you. 14 years. 14 years. I had so many people saying happy anniversary. It was really, I have to say, it warms my heart. It was really nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Really, really nice. Feels good. Feels good. And so many people said, oh my gosh, you're helping so many people. And that's why we keep doing Busy Living Sober. Mm -hmm. That's why we keep having like 194 episodes. I see. 194 episodes. So, um, my topic today is living life on life's terms. And you know what else I want to talk about? I, there's a couple things I want to talk about. I want to talk about making amends. I want to talk about moving. I want to talk about history. I want to talk about what our lives are like, what it was like, what it happened now. I want to talk about all those things. Sounds like a lot. It talks. It's a lot. Where and, are you going to start? And it's only going to be half an hour long. So um, let's just start at the beginning. So you have like let's six start per at topic. the very beginning. A very good place to start. Go ahead. What's the beginning? The beginning is okay. So we're we're in the process of moving, and we really don't know where we're going. So we're really not actually moving. We're what are just, we doing? We're packing a house up that we're going to rent out. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're we moving, moving. We're moving stuff to storage. We're nomads. Mm-hmm. Nomads. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. We get the whole world is our oyster because mm-hmm. we're sober. A lot of options. A lot of options. And it's interesting because the longer you stay sober and these options, I remember like having these, it's always so funny because again, it's 14 years ago, you know, I'd be sitting on a bar stool, you know, going, this is what I'm going to do in my future and really not having any, like, it was all just dreams. It was just all talk. It wasn't really happening. And here we are, you know, we could get in the car at four o'clock in the morning and drive from Florida to Pennsylvania and be like, okay, we're going to do that. It could be at any time. Like we did that four o'clock in the morning. We kept going, we kept going. But when you're drinking, you just, you're too tired. I would imagine. I mean, I has, it's been a while for me, but I can imagine that, you know, all those dreams and all those things that you talk about having happened or wanting to have happened. And yeah. They end. Where, I feel right? like I feel like when 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 people are active in their addiction, whatever it is, that <clears throat> inertia just seems to settle in all the time. And so, what happens, at least in my experience, is that everything that you're going to do, you say, you know what, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to do it. And it's never tomorrow. You know, it, tomorrow never. It's tomorrow never happens. You know, it's just you get up the next day and ah, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow happens. And but nothing. you're all about today. So busy living sober is all about. People will say to me, "What is busy living sober about?" And I say, "Busy living sober is all about getting busy living sober right. in the day." So because there's so much shame, remorse, regret, we talk about that all the time on this podcast. How that shame is just like so awful. 
So if you're listening to this and you're like, I only have a day or I only have, or I'm only like thinking about doing this and the fact that you're talking about this brings up shame in you, that's not what it's about. We don't want to, we don't want to shame you by any stretch of the imagination. We want you to at least get some hope from this and know that for one, you're not alone and that this is a scary thing, giving up alcohol. It is so scary. And um, I still remember it as being scary and living life on life's terms is scary. And so moving this stuff and getting this stuff together and looking at these old photos, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. So I was looking at old photos because, you know, when you move, at least I'm trying to do this like Marie um, Kondo. And I know that there's another term for it, but we listened to her. It's called tidying. Tidying. So we listened to her book on our way up here. All four and a half hours of it. And we listened to the whole thing. It's. I think it's actually geared for somebody who lives in like a two bedroom apartment. I don't think it's for like a family of five that live in a house. But anyway, but so I'm looking through these books, but I'm looking through boxes and there's photos. And there was a photo of me and my three kids and they were very young. And my daughter, I, my, I was FaceTiming with my daughter and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you think of this picture? She's like, oh my God, mom, you look so drunk in that picture. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I do. Oh my God, I do. And to think that I, you know, I raised these kids and I was drinking a lot. You know, I drank a lot when I got divorced. I drank a lot when I wasn't divorced. I drank a lot. That's like my thing. And so, um, by the way, excuse our dogs in the background. I feel like I know that um, Delilah has, I'm not like I'm like the caliber of Delilah, but um, we do have our crazy dogs running around and I'm sorry about that. But back to um, the drinking picture and my daughter's like, oh my gosh, she looks so drunk in that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. And I don't feel shame today over it. I kind of laugh over it. It's like, yeah. yep, that was me. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was me. You know, and I don't have to feel ashamed about it. I don't have to feel bad about it. It was where I was in my life. And I think that's like really important to recognize is like, you know, the shame that you have, if you do get sober, it kind of disappears. You're kind of like, you know what? I don't regret those paths. There's like this prom, there's these things called the promises. And in one of the promises is I'm no longer going to regret, I'm no longer going to regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And I'm not going to regret all those times. Mm -hmm. And I can say, honestly, I don't regret, like I look at those pictures and I don't regret it. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you're, <clears throat> if you were an alcoholic and your daughter happened to look at that picture and say, gee, it looked like you had, it must have had a terrible cold, you know, would you wouldn't be ashamed of that. And, uh, you know, we know that addiction is a disease. And when you're caught in a disease, I mean, you're just caught in a disease. There's, there's no shame in being sick, you know, no shame at all. So it totally makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, but getting to that part can sometimes be hard where you're not ashamed. It oh, can it's, be, it is a, that's definitely a process. It's a yeah. process and it can be hard. It can be difficult. It can be like challenging and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And it is hard. It's, I don't want to belittle that it's not hard, but, and, um, and I think that the forgiving yourself is a big thing. And I think that that's like one of the things that I think keeps people sick is that unforgiveness of yourself, right? Like you constantly don't forgive yourself. And then as going back to my introduction about like talking about making amends and saying, you're sorry, it's, that is really that's a tough thing. It is a tough thing because we, 
you know, if you get sober and you want everybody to put a parade, at least I did. I don't know how anybody else feels, but I was like, I want a parade. I want a tiara. Like I want everybody to know when is everybody going to have like the party for me to say, oh my gosh, busy isn't drinking anymore. And, um, cause I just wanted that acknowledgement. I wanted that. I wanted that validation. I wanted that sense that I was like, I wanted everybody to cheer me on and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that I know you and that you're sober. I think it's mm -hmm. the greatest thing. <laughs> and, um, it's interesting because when you go and make, at least for me, when I've gone and made amends, especially to my family, it's like, they don't want to go deep, right? They don't, my, that's like one of my mother's favorite things to say. I don't want to go deep. You can't go deep. I'll talk to you if it's like surface level, but I don't want to talk about anything deep. And that is hard when you get yourself already in psych to make an amends and the person on the other side is kind of like, yeah, don't really want to hear it. Or, mm, okay, that was good. Can someone give me another drink? And you're like, okay, I just want to pour my heart out to you. And that like hurts even more, right? Mm -hmm. Has that ever happened to you? Well, you just have to learn how to, uh, you know, I always felt like I was lucky when, when I was in that stage of doing those amends that I had a, uh, I had a, a sponsor that, um, really like drilled into me all the time when you're doing this. He always said, JF, don't have any expectations and no expectations doesn't mean negative expectations. It means no expectations. And he was really good about that. So uh, he usually had me in that place of not having an expectation. And some people were, you know, thrilled that I was sober and thrilled to hear from me. And, um, and some people were probably really disappointed, quite honestly, that I was sober <laughs> um, and weren't that thrilled to hear from me. And, you know, some people could care less. They weren't even interested. And that was probably about probably about half the people weren't even really interested. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, you weren't that bad, or I don't really remember what you're talking about. And, you know, but you know, good luck, God bless, and have a great life. And, you know, thanks. Yeah, it's tough that immense part. Like saying you're sorry is really tough. I remember one time I said I was sorry and the person didn't even remember what I was talking about. And I've been thinking about it for like years, mm -hmm. years and years, and they didn't even care. You know, yeah. and it's like, I think that the one thing that I want to really focus on today is like that amends you make to yourself. You know, we don't talk about that as much. We don't think about that as much. It's like, to what, when are we going to put down the, bat, the baseball bat that we beat ourselves up with, right? We mm -hmm. like sit there and we're constantly hitting ourselves and going, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I'm such a this, I'm such a that. You know, I just read another thing when I was a child. I wrote, Elizabeth is stupid, and I can't believe I even said that about myself. That makes me so sad that at, like, 12, I wrote, I hate Elizabeth, or Elizabeth is stupid. And I think that, you know, we start off at a young age, like, shaming ourselves and beating ourselves up and taking this, you know, I'm not good enough. And we compare ourselves to other people's outsides. And we think, at least for me, I used to think that there was like this boardroom in the sky and everybody was sitting there and judging me and taking notes of when I was doing good, what I was doing at, what I was doing, what I was doing that was good and what I was doing that was bad. And like I was getting scored the whole time. And the reality is that's not how life is, right? That is not how life is. Life is more like, how am I going to take care of me? 
How am I going to be able to navigate the waters of life knowing that I have done certain things, knowing I'm not proud of those things that I've done and not have that self-loathing mm -hmm. and forgiving myself at what point and going, you know what? I know I made some bad choices and I know that I'm an alcoholic, but, and not to, not to say it's a cop out, but it's just like more of like, what am I trying to say? I think what you're trying to say is that you need to get to a place in your life where you can look back. And as you said, not too long ago, um, we will no longer regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Um, to get to that place to say, and it's not a cop out, but to say, okay, if I, I, I was, I was drinking alcoholically and I did things that I wish I hadn't done. Um, but I know now I know myself and I know that if I had not been drinking, then I wouldn't have done those things. And, and I think that's the understanding is so I'm, I'm stuck. I, I have to understand that I was gripped in a disease and, um, you know, and, and part of that is impulsive behavior. And part of that is, I mean, quite honestly, a, a lot of things happen that I don't even know what happened, you know, I mean, could have been a blackout or whatever. Um, did a lot of things that uh, I would not be proud of, but they're not things that I would do now. And they're not things I would have done then if I had not been under the, uh, under the influence or stuck in my addiction really is more important. Um, and that's how I can get to that place of, of forgiving myself is to say like, that's not me now. I'll, I'll just go a little off, a little off track. Um, I had, a, a man that I was working with, uh, this was a long time ago and he was like two or three years sober and I was working with him and helping to guide him. And, uh, and he told me one time as he's doing all this work, he said, you know, um, back when I was drinking, I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know good from bad. I didn't know. I didn't know how to do the next right thing. I just didn't know how to do that. And I said, well, no, that's not true. You did know. You just chose not to do it because you were under the influence. But that's not you now. Now you absolutely know. And uh, you and I both know that if we do something wrong now, we tend to, you know, feel guilty about it immediately and, and almost immediately want to do something to correct it. You yeah. know, so, so that's how you can get to that place. It just, it's a, but you said, like you said earlier, it's a process. It takes time. It takes time. And like, I, I know that I was working with somebody, I was talking to someone the other day and this guy was saying to me, Oh my God, I just don't like myself. I don't know when I'm going to like myself, but I know I'm doing all the best I can do, but I just don't like myself right now. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I totally get that. I remember when I didn't like myself. I remember when I was like, dying and I felt like I was dying. I was like, Oh my God, I hate myself so much. And this is so hard and life is so hard and this is so traumatic. And I just hate myself and I don't do anything right. And at this, I'm just like, felt like I was banging my head against the wall and I wrote a post-it note on my screen and it sounds so cheesy and so crazy, but I did. I wrote a, a note that said, I love Elizabeth. And it was right on my computer screen. I remember that note. You do? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's, that's good advice. You don't have to feel it. 
you don't have to believe it, but you can write it and have it on your computer screen and read it over and over and over again. And over and over and over again. And, you know, I think that taking that time to do a little bit of meditation, you know, I also tell people this all the time. So when I got sober and somebody would say, you have to meditate, I'd be like, meditate? What is that? Like, I can't meditate. You want me to sit here and not have any thoughts? Like, it was totally delusional the way I was thinking. And I was thinking like, like, I'm not going to have a thought. I'm just going to sit there and be zen. And the reality is, is that it's definitely more of like meditation. Insight Timer is like one of my favorites besides Deepak and Oprah when they do their specials. But I love that. I started with the Deepak and Oprah's because they do those in their 21 days and they're free. And it's like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I can do this. And now I do Insight Timer. And if I feel like I want to work on letting go, then that's what I go to. I go to letting go. But taking that time to fall in love with yourself needs that time of quiet where you can reflect and think to yourself, God, I'm really not that bad. Like, what have I done today? I've done a lot. And if you like, if the only thing that you did like today is not pick up a drink or a drug that makes you a winner. Mm-hmm. And they've said that for years in, to people in, you know, I don't hear it as much, but it's like, it's totally encouraging to know that if you are, working whatever thing you're working to stay sober or to get sober, whatever it is, you know, we don't have an opinion on outside things here, but you know, having that sense of knowing, you know, I'm going to just today, maybe like myself a little bit, just a little teeny bit. And, um, and then, and work on doing whatever it is, if it is writing the little, little post-it note or having it in your car or, putting it in your bathroom um, mirror, whatever, it, excuse me, whatever it is, make sure you do something that make sure that you take care of you and fall in love with you. And it doesn't always have to cost money. Like insight timers free. Um, the Oprah and Deepak thing that I was talking about, I'm talking about a free one. I'm not talking about anything that will cost you any money. Like all these things that if you have a phone and you can download these pot. I mean, that's all you need. You don't need anything fancy, just a headset and a phone or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Um, that's all you need. You know, you don't need anything insane. And it's just like making sure that you take the time. Like for me, I still remember 14 years ago, like getting to that place where I was just like so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And I did it and I do it one day at a time. And that's something that I think, again, is not talked about that much. It's like time is relevant. Like it's great that I have 14 years, but the reality is how am I today? How am I today? And that's what really matters to me is what am I doing today to better myself? So I meditated today and I packed up my house, which is a huge, huge, huge job. It's a huge job. Yes, it is. But it's coming along. It's gotten to be manageable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And letting go. I want to talk about that letting go. What do you think about letting go? I think letting go is great. <laughs> really? <laughs> you going to elaborate anything else? Uh, you know, letting go is uh, what are we talking about? I mean. In, Just letting in, go. Anything. In, anything. In life, in life, if I really want to be free, I have to let go of everything. And uh, But it's hard. It's a constant battle between the ego that doesn't want to let go of anything, especially the notion that I might be right and you're wrong. That's a really tough thing to let go of. Um, and yet if I want peace, I just need to let go. So 
you know, how do you go about letting go? That's the question, right? And I believe letting go is a practice. Um, for me, it all starts with, it really has to start with gratitude. And I was actually having a conversation with a young man, um, actually earlier today. And he was telling me about his job and he didn't really like his job. And, uh, he said, I know I should be grateful that I, a, that I have a job and B that it's a pretty good job. I mean, it's a decent job and I, I should be grateful. And I said, well, do you want to know how to, to, how to be grateful for that? And he said, how? I said, just be grateful. Just be grateful. It's a practice. And, and so I had to learn to be grateful. You know, I had to be learned. And, and, and that's such a good thing because it's ego deflating for me. Gratitude is ego deflating. Um, because what I learned for me was I, I really need to really focus on all the things I take for granted in my life and start having some gratitude towards those things instead of just taking them for granted. Um, and when I do that, it really seems to help me downsize enough, um, you know, to put the ego at bay enough that, um, that I can take five or 10 minutes, like you mentioned, and uh, sit down and, and look inward and say, you know, there's, here's some couple things I want to let go of, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm just done with and, and I don't need it anymore. Usually when I'm, when I'm all this, like holding on is, you know, which is the opposite of letting go is, is me just holding on to life so tight. It's all about control, right? Um, and you've said it many, many, many times, you know, you want to live life. Like it's like wearing like a, like a loose garment. Um, and that's an alien thought, I think, to most people that suffer from addiction um, or alcoholism or, or whatever it is. So, you know, <clears throat> we can just, like I said, for me, I have to downsize and I can let go. And I've gotten pretty good in my life, I think, of letting go of a lot of things. It's, there's deep, deep, deep things inside of me that, uh, you know, that give me trouble, but I work on them all the time. And I think that recognizing the whole thing, I think even recognizing that you have a drinking problem, I think recognizing that you want to change is something that we don't talk about that much either. Like recognizing that is a huge deal. Like if you recognize that you don't want to keep doing what you're doing, you can change if you recognize it. But if you just sit there and you keep doing the same thing over and over again and say, you know what, I'm, I can't change or there's no change out there. I can't do this or I don't want to do this or it's too much or it's too hard or everything else. I could go on ad nauseum. But knowing in your heart that that's like what you want to do, like you're like, I want to do this. I want to change. I want to work so that I'm a better me or I'm a better mom. I'm a better dad. I'm a better uncle, I'm a better aunt, I'm a better person. That's it. And if you realize that and you recognize that you want to change, I think that's where the, that's where change starts, right? Mm -hmm. That's where the change starts. And then realizing what am I going to do to change so that I'm not keep doing what I'm doing. And that's what busy living sober is all about. It's like about getting busy living sober. Like yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Today's all you have. What are you doing today to stay busy living sober? And I think that's what I like to talk about the most. Like, so today I stayed busy living sober by packing boxes and taking time to look through photos and kids' drawings. I have three kids and all their drawings were in the basement. And doing that 
was taking the time to do that was was hard and the memories and everything else that came with it was tough you know it wasn't the easiest thing to do but i did it today and i got busy doing it and i didn't cry i just feel like empowered i just feel like i feel let, like i'm letting go i'm letting go of everything seems like you're having fun i am i'm happy i'm mm -hmm. happy yeah. it's not easy life isn't easy no, it's often no not. and especially being a nomad like considering i'm a control freak and i'm a control freak and I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. And I am, you know, I'm all these things, but I'm not scared today. So bring it back to letting go. So that's one of the hardest things to let go of, right? Is, is the need to know. I need to know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And so if you can let go of that, you can really have a very, feel... a very serene life if you can let go of that. Because none of us ever know what's going to happen. And you said it the other day is like, who in out of all of us listening to this would have said last year that this time next year we're going to be just sort of coming out of this this worldwide pandemic thing? You know, not a single person would have made that guess. Yeah, because you just don't know. And that's why letting go of letting go of the need to know what's going to happen is is a great thing to let go of. Yeah, we don't need to know. So I'm going to be a nomad for a while. Mm -hmm. who knows my crazy hair people can barely see us because we are in a dark room because we have no electricity in this room that's the craziness here if you hold the if you hold the computer i'll hold the light he's gonna hold the light so you can see us better because the people who want to watch us on busy living sober on youtube can do that because we have a youtube channel mm -hmm. and um Life is all really, really good. So, you know, it might not be what you expected it to be. And sometimes when, what you expected it to be couldn't be as good as, as it is today. And so thinking about going and making those amends and thinking that afterwards it's going to be amazing and you're going to feel all great, that could happen, but it could not too. So expectations are born resentments and make sure you live in the day and that you take care of yourself. Okay? Sounds good. All right, everybody. Great advice. Until next time. Get busy living, living sober. Get busy living sober. Busy living sober. Write to me anytime at B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. And until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Bye. Bye.